Hello, and welcome to Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. Join us to listen in to get more in tune with the inborn magnificence in our world, in our bodies, and in our lives. I'm Dr. Lona Cook. And I'm Dr. Danny Otis. Our mission is to help people reconnect to their inner wisdom and use it in their everyday lives to transform their well being by having real conversations clinical insights, and opportunities for you to apply your own inborn intelligence to your everyday life. So start now by tuning in and turning on to the full potential of your body and life. Hey, hey, welcome back. We have Dr. Danny Otis, my partner in practice, as well as our, we have a podcast where we get to speak together a lot. So it's just like a normal Thursday for yeah, us recording. Day. Yeah, day <laughs> right. Um, but he's going to share a little more of his story actually as a child and what really led him into being the healer he is today. And sometimes like we've heard in some of the other interviews, some of the things we go through are preparing us for much better things to come um, and our ability to help more people. So Dr. Danny, you want to share a little bit about who you were as a kid and um, maybe a bit of your background? Yeah. So as a kid growing up, I was probably in every sport at least one point in time just to try it out. I loved being outside, loved doing all the activities. I felt like I was rarely inside. Um, and then I think kind of what brings it, you know, for full circle is when you're unable to do those things and do the things that you enjoy. Um, I don't know, that kind of puts things into perspective. And I think we all have that, like one person who kind of makes a really big impact in your life. And for me, that was my grandpa. And I know towards the end of his life, we would always go on fishing trips, which is what we always love to do. And then he wouldn't be able to enjoy it because he'd have to be, you know, close to his oxygen and, and different things like that. So I think when that started happening for me, when I was younger, um, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of a wake up call. So I guess I can go a little bit of that. I know with the podcast, we've touched on it a little bit, but when I was younger, um, I got the the label of, you know, Lyme's disease, but for a while there, we How were, old were you? I think I was in sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, kind of middle school age. Um, and with that, it was like, it, it, it took a while to get to that point. I think I was, I was doctoring around, um, and there was a lot of things going on. I, to kind of put it into perspective as well, every time I would eat, um, it just felt like I was going to throw up or like kind of pass out. And that's kind of how it progressed. I know I was waking up. I thought this was the most interesting thing. I was waking up almost every single night at like three to three twenty, mm-hmm. And I just thought that was super interesting. It's just like, why, why can't I sleep through the night? And then I would just lay there awake for a couple hours and then it's like, yeah, every time I ate, my stomach just felt like it was in a knot. I felt like I had to puke, but I never did. And so it was just always like, you'd get like those sweats like you're going to, and then just nothing ever happened. I would always get super lightheaded. Um, and then as a result, oh, sorry, you go. Did your grandpa pass right around that time? No. So my grandpa passed later on, mm-hmm. but I think it's all kind of, it's all kind of connected, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of, I think the biggest theme here is just like, we all have kind of choices to do things different. And I think that was kind of a wake up call is just starting to see his health go downhill and then know that like, okay, you have a choice to either do things different or continue with that trajectory. And then Mm -hmm. that could be you. Sorry. Um, No no worries. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he passed later on when I was in chiropractic school, but um, with that kind of think where I was at. You're saying that you had gotten the label of Lyme's disease oh, right. and you weren't sleeping and weren't able to digest food. Yeah. I wasn't able to digest food. Wasn't sleeping well. 
And then that just, you know, translates into feeling like crap throughout your day. So then I remember going through a certain point in middle school where I wasn't really going to school because I didn't feel good. I felt like super anxious because I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. And then I just felt like I was going to pass out. I got super shaky. I'm sure my blood sugar was low um, or just all the side effects from, you know, having limes. And mm-hmm. it got to a point where I felt like I was so thin and I was always down on myself, super low self-esteem. I was missing a ton of class. Everybody in school was asking me where I was, like, why aren't you in school? Um, and I think one of the things in middle school, especially for all maybe the kids out there listening, like that's the one thing that anybody wants to be is just kind of normal and be there and maybe not stand out. Especially out. in middle school. Especially in middle school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're just going through it. We'll just say that, just going through it. Um, so, yeah, I know for a while there, I didn't go to school almost every Friday because we had mass. I went to a Catholic school. So we had mass every Friday and I was afraid to pass out in front of everybody because I just felt like shit. And I remember standing there every time in church and I would just leave and then I would end up just going home. Um, so then I just know I stopped going to class on Friday. So it got to a point where I was interfering with school, interfering with just, you know, everything like that. And then I remember one day outside playing with my friends. I don't even remember what we were doing. We were probably just in the woods doing something. And my neighbor across the street, he just looked at me and he goes, he's like, why are you so thin? You look like you're in a concentration camp. And I remember at that point, then it just got even worse for me because I felt like, I don't know. I felt so self-conscious and then I didn't even want to go to school because I'm just like, is that what people think about me? And so then we start going to all these different doctors trying to figure out what's wrong. Nobody can pin it down. I remember going to all these different appointments, putting me on all these different pills and potions we'll say, and then nothing really helping. It just essentially made me feel, feel kind of worse and without feeling it, if that makes sense, I feel like that's what medication's for to not feel it, but essentially it's just making you sicker because the underlying issue is still there. And then I remember my aunt telling my mom about this naturopathic doctor. My aunt called him the witch doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember going there on like a, a snowy day with my mom and he was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin here. And I remember we were just going through everything and he asked me the question. He was like, are you waking up around three in the morning? And I thought that was the most crazy thing. It's like, how does this guy who's never seen me, doesn't know a thing about me five minutes into this Mm -hmm. consultation. He, he answers what I'm, I didn't even get to that point. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like we knew we were in the right place. And then we did a lot of naturopathic tinctures. We went a completely different route. We started, he started changing the food I was eating And essentially with Lyme's disease, what he explained to us, it eats a lot of the white tissue in the body. So stomach lining, any of the fat, it goes into your brain. That's why I was waking up at night because it just, my control centers for like my circadian rhythm was super off because it just completely depleted all the energy there. So it just, it never knew what time of day it was for me. And then every time I eat it ended up getting rid of basically my entire stomach acid as well. So I just couldn't digest food within two months, completely reversed all of that. And then as a result of that, you know, I started eating a lot healthier. I don't feel like my mom brought home. She always was a very healthy eater in general, but obviously she let us kind of eat what we wanted. And, you know, as kids in middle school, what do you want? As boys in middle school. (laughs) Boys in middle school. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think since then I really started to make a shift in my choices because at the end of the day, like your mom can't do it for you. And I think I was always a very independent kid growing up. I always wanted to kind of do my own thing and I can do it. I can do it. Um, so I just started to make that choice of like, this is how 
I'm going to live my life because I don't want to feel like crap mm -hmm. all the time. Um, yeah, that's, I'm sure very motivating for a child who didn't go to school because you were so sick to see that you're starting to heal. Yeah. Then you're, and you're able to do the things like be normal in school. Yeah. 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 And go back, have an energy. I feel like grades completely turned around. I know that, that math was really hard at that point in time for whatever reason, but it's probably pretty hard when you miss half the classes. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I know going through high school, just always kind of having that, that trust in the body that it knows what to do. You just need to guide it in the right direction instead of trying to cover up everything and essentially put a bandaid on it. Um, so I know through school or high school is a completely different experience. I was in, started going to like AP classes and doing all that, getting college credit and then, you know, thriving in sports more, just having a good friend circle because I was there, I was able to be engaged, able to be involved. Um, that completely changed my life. And then because of that, it's just like, I always have this goal to like hunt and fish time hundred years old. That's my goal and have more fun than everybody else. And then when you graduate high school, to kind of bring it back to my grandpa, he was one of the people who also really influenced me to take it up maybe to another level. Cause in high school, every time one of the grandkids, we have, I think like 12 grandkids of his that if you graduate high school, he would take you on a camping trip up North where it's just you two. And you essentially put all your gear in a boat, you find an Island and you camp there for a week. And it was the greatest cool. thing. And I remember I graduated high school and I was super looking forward to it, but I know grandpa wasn't maybe as spry as he once was. Mm -hmm. um, and he had pretty severe COPD. So he was always having a hard time breathing. So he always had to keep his, um, what do they call those? not inhaler. Um, anyway, it just helped him breathe. It was one of these things and he could hook it up to his boat motor. So I remember getting mm -hmm. to like this bay and it was the most like desolate wilderness I've ever been to. And we drove up into it with the boat. We parked. And then I remember like, grandpa, are you coming with? Cause there is a wild blueberry field above and like, we could go pick and everything like that. And I know he had to stay back in the boat. And I remember that was really tough for me. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm never going to let that happen. Like, I'm always going to try and, you know, make better decisions for my health. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, you have two choices, one that's going to bring you closer to health or further away. And obviously my grandpa chose to smoke and, you know, he got better at it towards the end of his life, maybe where he was backing off a little bit, but, you know, mixed with some other factors. So that led him, his choices led him to that decision. And then I remember even going to chiropractic school, taking that up a notch towards more the end of his life, every time I would go over to have coffee with him, um, if you can picture those, those like pill containers, pill yeah. containers, thank mm -hmm. you. Where it's like the Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And just to be able to breathe, I remember him having like two or three, maybe even four containers of all these different pills just to get him through his day. And it's just like, to see that while you're just having coffee and it's like, do these people, no offense. I know they're trying to do the best for him, but like, has there ever been a study done to see all those mixed with each other? Like, does that shift someone's personality? Does that, you know, make them feel more like worse? Like, and I know they're obviously doing the best with what they have, but when you have 15 different things that you have to do just to get throughout your day, it's like, you kind of made choices years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what like the biggest reminder is here is like at the end of the day, Yes, someone can try and guide you. I felt like my mom started putting me in the right direction. 
But at the end of the day, like the choice is yours and you always have a choice. Mm -hmm. You always have a choice. It doesn't matter if it's now 10 years later, it's on you. Your health is always on you. And I feel like, especially like this day and age, everybody's making it seem like there's no way to support your system. And there's only one way. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. We are, there's 1000 things that you can do to positively impact your body, to bring it to a healthier state where you don't have to have that. You don't have to have the last 10 years of your life chained to your medication or. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think it's powerful. It's powerful to see that because it leaves an imprint. It's also powerful to see someone who lives on their own terms up until the end. And then their light goes out in a very short order where they live, 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 pass. Because that also, I think it is almost more common at this point, I think to see people who suffer at the end, maybe they're in a nursing home, maybe they're attached to so many medications than it is to see someone who lived full out pretty healthy their entire life. Obviously everyone goes through trials and tribulations, but I know I've gotten to witness a couple passings where it was like that person just lived and then all of a sudden it was their time and that was mm-hmm. the end and they lived a really full life. And it's like, I love seeing that because just like birth is a hundred percent. So is death. And um, to witness someone who did it gracefully mm-hmm. is really empowering for those of us who want to be intentional. Not that we get to necessarily choose how things unfold, but we can, like Danny said, there is a choice always in the now of like, am I making choices that lead me closer to my well-being and my potential or the opposite? Yeah. Yeah. And I think within that too, it's like, and you also can't make it for people, which is the hardest part. Yeah. You hit, you hit on a huge point for probably a lot of, if there's moms listening, maybe some dads, like you have these little babies that you're tasked with like helping make sure that they're safe and they grow up and then they get to a point where they're starting to make their own decisions. And that's good because we're growing adults, not kids, but to want to put some parameters around them and some bumper rails, um, but also not do it for them because you can't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, you, Danny, your headspace on that, you know, obviously, your mom was the person who probably opened the door to like, there's a new way. There's a different way to heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did she help guide you, but help you probably see that you were going to make new choices for yourself, for your own. I would say lead by example. I would say that. I think (laughs) she always jokes around. She's always like every, so her maiden name is Mooney. She's like every Mooney, in the family has a bad ticker. Her dad passed away when she was in eighth grade. He had a heart attack. And so everybody in the Mooney side is always worried about like, oh, I got high blood pressure. I got a bad heart, bad ticker. That's what they all call it, which is kind of funny, but aside the point. And so she also made a choice to do it different. So every day she eats whole foods. She goes to naturopathic doctors to, I think two to three times a year to make sure everything's right within her. Um, and, and maybe she, she doesn't say- I have a bad ticket. No, I told her to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, words one, are I was sick of hearing it, and two, yeah. words are powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. Um, you know, she she got her yoga certification. She's like, she's always walking. And when she walks, you can't catch up to her because she's on a mission to, I think, walk mm-hmm. faster than you are. Um, 
but yeah, she made a choice to do things different and she led by example. She didn't bring that crap in the house anymore. She always made great meals. And yeah, it's just like, if you're looking to make that change in somebody else, like I said before, you can't make that change for them, but you can also decide to change and then help guide them along the way. Because I feel like (laughs) up until kids are seven years old and essentially get their own identity, they very much mirror everything you do. Mm -hmm. So are you setting good examples for your kids who are going to grow up to be on 20 or 30 different pills and potions, or are you going to decide to make that change? And I think that's really what it comes down to because you can, every, every choice you make again, is going to bring you closer towards health or further away from it. And yeah, yeah. I think the average person, what in the United States do, they say by 30 years old is already on two to three or two to four medications Mm -hmm. at 30 years old. Like, think about that. That is like one third of your life. If you Mm -hmm. live to be the average age is around 80, that's a little over a third of your life and you're already on four to five medications. What does another decade look like? Mm. And how do you know what those are going to interact with each other? So it's just like, if that doesn't kind of wake you up on, okay, maybe I need to make some different decisions. If I'm already chained to some of that stuff, it's just like, or find a new doctor. Yeah. Find a new doctor. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's millions out there who the point of, is it to support your body enough? So you don't need to be on those things. It's not to just put you on more things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of ranting at this point. But. <clears throat> well, I heard this and I, I think it applies to so many things, but it's choose your hard, right? It's, it's like, it's hard to make healthy decisions if you haven't been to change patterns. And we're all basically on the same page of always having to work to make even better, healthier decisions. Just because you make, you know, some big changes doesn't mean in two more years, you're not going to be still in your evolution. So you're constantly doing that, but it's also hard to have to carry around an inhaler or oxygen or all these things later on in life, because you wish you would have made some of the harder changes earlier. So choose your hard and, you know, to each their own. But when you see that, when you know something, when there's an ability for you to know that there are things that would help you out there, and then you still don't move with them, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes back to that choice part of it. So um, I think it, what is the, the thing that you hear? Like when you know better, you do better. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of time where we've been, you know, spoon fed marketing that is not healthy for us. And so that's not your fault. But once you know better, once you've heard that there's something else or that maybe this isn't the only way, you know, right. or whatever it is, then it's like, now it's on you to, to be the advocate for your own education, to get yourself well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't blame obviously a lot of people who are in some of these situations just because when you turn on the TV, we get shoved mm-hmm. marketing on our throat that you right. need a pill to make you healthy or something's always got to be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's going to be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything's going right or you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think just to go off of that as well, it's like a healthy person has a thousand wishes and like someone who doesn't have their health has one wish. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to fulfill those hundreds of wishes or do you want to just sit there and have one wish? Mm. Mic drop. I think we could end on that one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dr. Danny. Yeah. Thanks for joining us at Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. We hope you found tips and tricks to start incorporating innate into your everyday life because it is in your everyday life, whether you see it or not. You can find both Dr. Danny and myself at cookchirocenter.com or on any of our social media. And we'd love for you to share our podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.